This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وقالوا ما لهذا الرسول يأكل الطعام ويمشي في الأسواق لولا أنزل إليه ملك فيكون معه نذيرا أو يلقى إليه كنز أو تكون له جنة يأكل منها وقال الظالمون إن تتبعون إلا رجلا مسحورا انظر كيف ضربوا لك الأمثال فضلوا فلا يستطيعون سبيلا تبارك الذي إن شاء جعل لك خيرا من ذلك جنات جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار ويجعل لك قصورا بل كذبوا بالساعة وأعتدنا لمن كذب بالساعة سعيرا إذا رأتهم من مكان بعيد سمعوا لها سمعوا لها تغيضا وزفيرا وإذا ألقوا منها مكانا ضيقا مقرنين دعوا هنالك ثبورا لا تدعوا اليوم ثبورا واحدا وادعوا ثبورا كثيرا قل أذلك خير أم جنة الخلد التي وعد المتقون كانت لهم جزاء ومصيرا لهم فيها ما يشاءون خالدين كان على ربك وعدا مسؤولا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most gracious most merciful Alhamdulillah all praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions without exception. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the ummah at large and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless humanity at large. My brothers and sisters, it is indeed an honor to be here at Zayed bin Muhammad family gathering. This is the second time that I am here. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving me this opportunity to be speaking to you this evening. The topic is the best Muslim. Obviously, we would like to believe that we are Muslimin. And a Muslim means a submitter, one who submits to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, many a times we are actually from among those who think that Islam is only about certain acts of worship, not realizing that Islam is in fact a way of life. If we were to adopt the code of Islam, the teachings of Islam, we would actually be from among the happiest on earth. And that would follow through into the hereafter. And we would be from among those who are the happiest even in the hereafter. So what is it all about? Why is it that we have chosen the topic, the best Muslim? Perhaps there are many people whom 
they would feel a strong Muslim is the one you find in the masjid all the time, the one you find praying all the time, perhaps the one whom you find who has dressed according to Islam, maybe in hijab and so on. And that's it. The reality is yes, that is extremely important. It is a great pillar of Islam to fulfill your prayer. It is a great duty of Islam to be able to dress or to dress appropriately. But that is not all. The difficulty is many people have this notion across the globe, the non-Muslims have a notion that Islam is a harsh faith. It is only for those who say they are Muslim and they are actually people who are very hard against those who are not Muslim in a way that no one wants to even look at Islam anymore and consider it as a faith worth entering into. Sometimes even the Muslims are embarrassed to admit their name. They begin to choose little names instead of their beautiful name. You know the most common name on earth is actually the name Muhammad. Yet some people are embarrassed to say my name is Muhammad. Why? Why would one be embarrassed? Why would one say when they are asked what's your name? They would say my name is Mo. Have you heard that? My name is Mo. Well, do you mow the lawn or something? May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Say Muhammad and be such that when they interact with you, they really believe that these people whose names are Muhammad and Abdullahi and Abdurrahman, they are really those who reach out in the best way to the rest of humanity. They have the greatest character and conduct. That is what Islam teaches us. So primarily, it's important for us to know that Islam is much more than just the five daily prayers. I want to commence with a narration of the Prophet ﷺ, whereby he makes it quite clear. He asked his companions, do you know who is a bankrupt person? And I think this question is extremely relevant when it comes to the materialistic world that we are in today. Who is a bankrupt person? What a powerful question. So obviously the companions like you and I would answer by saying it's a person who doesn't have a dirham or a dinar. And the messenger peace be upon him makes it quite clear to say that's not who a bankrupt person is. A bankrupt person in the Arabic language, the term used is al-muflis. A person who doesn't have money, who doesn't have wealth. That's what one would understand it as. But the Prophet peace be upon him says, when it comes to religion and faith, a muflis is a person who comes on the day of judgment and he has had with him so many good deeds. He prayed. He has prayers with him. He has charities with him. He has good deeds with him in the, in the, in the form of the pilgrimage and so on. So he's done a lot of good deeds. But there's a big but. One might think, well, maybe there's a mistake here. How could a person who's bankrupt be one who has a lot of good deeds? Well, listen to the end of it. And this is what is scary. And this is what should make us, those from amongst us who are regular with their prayers. My brothers and sisters, it's not so difficult to get up for your prayer. Do you know that? What is more difficult is to look after that prayer and to come with it on the day of judgment in a way that it is not snatched away from you and given to someone else. This is what will make you the best Muslim. Not he who prays alone, but he who prays and looks after that prayer in a way that he can actually or she can actually come up on the day of judgment with that beautiful deed and say, Oh Allah, not only did I fulfill the deed, but I looked after it in a way that I did not give it to someone else. How is the deed given away? So this person, as the Prophet ﷺ said, he came with a lot of good deeds, but he was backbiting about this one, he stole the rights of that one, he pinched from this one, he ate the wealth of this one, and he did wrong to this one and that one and so on. So his good deeds were taken and donated, given to, the, to this person, and the other good deeds were given to that one, and this one was given to all those whom he had wronged until all his good deeds are finished. You know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the wealth on the day of judgment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it quite clear. On that day, what will happen? It is the day when 
Your wealth and your offspring will be of no avail. They will not be able to help you in any way. The only assistance would be rendered to the one who has a pure heart, the one who has a good heart, the one who comes with a heart that was obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, led its life concerned about that particular day. Being worried and concerned about the day that you are going to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the day of judgment when all the secrets of your heart will be laid bare if you have not sought forgiveness. Why I say if you have not sought forgiveness? Because Islam is based on mercy. It is a religion of peace and mercy. It starts off with the terms or the words of the blessed noble Quran. Right at the beginning, known as Surah Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. You are praising your maker. You are declaring all praise to the maker, the Rabb. Rabb here refers to the one who created, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer. All these terms are included in the term Rabbun. Made up of three letters in the Arabic language, Ra and two Baz. So praise be to Allah, Lord of the worlds. Then what does Allah say? Allah declares immediately that not only is He the most merciful, but the faith that He has asked you to believe, to be a follower of, is a faith of mercy. A faith that is based on hope, not a faith that is based on the wrath and the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, He could have chosen after Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen to say whatever He wanted. He could have spoken about punishment. He could have spoken about so many other things. But He chose to say, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. The qualities that are repeated by myself and yourselves who pray so many times a day, every unit of prayer we repeat Allah is the one who is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. The merciful, the merciful. It's actually the merciful twice. Different types of mercy. One is more common or one is broader than the other. This is making mention of how beautiful the faith is. That's why I say that those who repent and who seek forgiveness from Allah, Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, your sin is wiped out. Never let the devil come back to you and make you think, you know what, my sin was too big and I am not forgiven. No way. That's one of the plots of the devil. Allah says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ O you who have transgressed against yourselves, say to my worshippers who have transgressed against themselves, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not despair. Do not become despondent. So if you become despondent, or if you despair, or if you think that your sin is not forgivable by Allah, you have insulted Allah because He says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Allah will forgive all the sins. What you need to do is repent. And this brings me to a point, the best Muslim is he or she who constantly turns to Allah. Oh Allah, forgive me. There are sins I've committed that I don't even know. I was on the street today. I might have looked at things that displeased you. There are things I might have said today that displeased you. Ya Allah, I don't even know. Forgive me for that which I don't know. And forgive me for that which I know. Ya Allah, I committed this sin. I admit, I regret, I seek forgiveness, and I promise I won't do it again. Those are the four conditions of the acceptance of your repentance. The best Muslim constantly seeks the forgiveness of Allah. The Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was the ultimate best. No competition. Hands down, he was the best. What did he do? Look at the ahadith, look at the statements. The companions used to say, he sought forgiveness more than 70 times a day, up to 100 times a day. Why? He was sinless, spotless. But it's because the lesson was for every one of us. You want to be the best Muslim? Learn to turn to Allah every day. Seek Allah's forgiveness. I tell you, if you start your day seeking the forgiveness of Allah every single day, and you end your day seeking the forgiveness of Allah each day, 
one day you will leave this world. Don't you agree? I have to leave, you have to leave. If you, are, if you have been in the habit of seeking the forgiveness of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the day you leave this earth, you would have sought the forgiveness of Allah on that same day. So when your deeds go up, the angels will obviously have the deeds and they would be laid bare. And it would be seen that the day you died, you told Allah, Oh Allah, I seek your forgiveness. Be hopeful, my brothers and sisters. This is a religion of hope. Be hopeful, my brothers and sisters. It is a religion of hope. Never let the devil make you think you are a write-off, as they say. Never. The best Muslim is he who constantly has hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who knows the trap of the devil. The devil wants to trap me to complete that hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, when this man's good deeds are all gone to those whom he has wronged, now there are still so many people waiting for justice because he has wronged them, but he no longer has the currency of that day. What's the currency of that day? It's called deeds. Deeds. Your deeds will be given to those you have wronged, if you have wronged them on that day. This is why, my brothers and sisters, the best Muslim is he and she who can sort matters out in this world before you get to the next. The reason is sometimes you hear people saying, I'll fix you on the day of judgment. Khalas, I'm going to see you on the day of judgment. I'm going to get my right on the day of judgment. A lot of us say that. We actually look at each other and say, no, day of judgment, I'll sort you out. Don't do that. Sort it out now, if you can, as best as possible. Why? You might arrive on the day of judgment and who knows, the court of Allah might find the one who thought he was innocent guilty. Then what's going to happen? You are found guilty on that day and you're stuck. Oh no, I should have sorted it out when I had, when I had the time. I should have forgiven. So the best Muslim learns to forgive others. Learn to forgive people. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, when you forgive there is a greater likelihood that Allah will forgive you. Take a look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu in Surah An-Nur. He is told clearly, although there is a story of how his daughter was accused as Siddiqah to bint as-Siddiq radiallahu anhuma. There is a story of how she was accused and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified her name and how her father who happened to be spending some money on a relative who was also one of the muhajireen, one of the poor people, and by the name of Mistah ibn Athatha, radiyallahu an, and this man comes and he says, you know what, I'm not going to spend, I swear, I'm not going to spend on this man. I'm spending on him, I'm giving him money, and on top of that, he's doing bad to me. He's spreading rumor about my own child. How can I spend on him? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals the beautiful verses. What are these verses? In Surah An-Nur. وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُولُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ أَنْ يُؤْتُوا أُولِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالْيَعْفُوا وَالْيَصْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ those of virtue, those who have been granted sustenance by Allah, those who have been granted ease by Allah, they would not take an oath not to spend on the muhajireen or those who are poor or those who are relatives in the cause of Allah. They won't make an oath not to spend. They will forgive. They will make amends. They will actually come forth and embrace and forgive. Don't they wish that Allah forgive them? Allah is indeed most forgiving, most merciful. From this, I learn that the best Muslim is the one who finds it in his or her heart to forgive others. Brothers and sisters, we hold a lot of burdens on our shoulders because we have grudges against one another that don't help. I have a problem with my sister, with my brother, with my in-laws, with my uncles, with my aunts, and so many other people. Why? Just because shaitan came to me and created issues. If I were the greater of the two by saying, you know what, I forgive, no problem. Sometimes it's a one-sided forgiveness, but you will feel good about it. It's a mountain that will drop from your shoulders and you will really feel at ease, not only in this world, but if you did it for the sake of Allah, even in the hereafter. So the best Muslim is the one who forgives others. The one who understands, let me look at myself and forgive. That having been said, 
I am not saying that you, you need to forgive every crime. If someone has perpetrated a dangerous crime against you, you have every right to seek justice. Those who have engaged and perpetrated in crimes that are basically that require penalization and punishment, yes, you may want to as a person who would like them to learn a lesson so they don't do it again. You may want to take up the course of legal action against them. There's nothing wrong with that. Here, we are speaking of the petties between you and I. That which is easily forgivable. Come on, forgive. My brothers and sisters, promise yourselves tonight. And promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tonight. To say, the problem I have with my brother, with my sister, with my wife's family, with my husband's family, with this person, with those people, I forgive them. I want to call them and I want to say to myself, I'm a best Muslim. I want to be the best. I don't just want to be a Muslim. Everyone says they're Muslim. But the world thinks Muslims are bad. The reason is, we need to be thinking to ourselves, am I really the best possible Muslim? Brothers and sisters, don't we have a crisis on the globe today where people look at us with a lot of skepticism? Well, the answer to that, everyone says, what are you doing about it? Why look at me? What are we doing about it? You need to tell yourself, I can make the difference. If everyone says, I can make the difference, and we all stand up and try, strive to be the best, not just a mediocre Muslim, the best. They see me praying. They see me dressed in hijab. They see me, you know, being a Muslim that looks like a proper Muslim, but they see me smiling. They see me happy. They see me always being a person forgiving. Like I said, forgiveness has limits. You know, there is a story of those people who, who took advantage of certain religious people. So they say there were three people seated in the mosque. And there was this ma young man who was told, hey, these are pious guys. These are very pious people sitting here. He says, what is the test of their piety? They forgive. You know, the best Muslim forgives. He said, okay, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see what's happening here. So he decided, you know what? Let me go. These people are engaged in worship. You know, the dhikr of Allah, they're remembering Allah, whatever they're doing here, reading Quran. Let me go to the guy and let me greet him. And let me smack each one of them on their face and see what they do. If they're best Muslims, they will forgive. Didn't I say moments ago, forgive? The best Muslim forgives. So he goes to the first one and he was told, this man is religious. He says, Salaamu Alaikum. The man, the poor man didn't even hear because he was so busy. You know, they say when someone is reading Quran and busy, don't disturb him by greeting him. He's going to have to put the Quran away and respond. Rather just leave it, carry on, you know. You need to know the etiquettes of greeting. And by the way, the best Muslim is he who greets first, no matter what. The best Muslim is he who greets. A lot of us don't greet. We don't greet and we just greet when we know. Or we greet when someone's a VIP. They've walked in with a beautiful, you know, BMW, the latest one. Woo! And the guy comes in, rolls in. And everyone, Salaamu Alaikum. Why? You're greeting the car. That's it. If the same guy pops up with a Toyota Corolla, no one wants to look at him. Why? Because that's how we're trained. The best Muslim, no matter what they've come. The man is cleaning the street. Assalamu Alaikum. Wallahi, you'll change the world. Wallahi, you'll change the world. The guy is cleaning the street. You're a best Muslim, make the difference. Greet. Salaamu Alaikum. Reply. Wa Alaikum salam. A lot of us, we are greeted and we don't reply. The reply is compulsory. Listen to what Allah says. وَإِذَا حُيِّتُمْ when you are greeted with a greeting, respond it better than the greeting that was that you were greeted with, or at least equate it. Someone says, Assalamu alaikum, you say, Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. MashaAllah. Or someone says, Assalamu alaikum, say, Wa alaikum assalam. It's an act of worship, say it loud and clear. Allah says, He takes account of everything. So my brothers and sisters, you want to be the best. You need to be a person who decides, I'm going to make the difference. You respond the salam, you reply. And this is how the difference is made. I was saying, the one who cleans the street, many of us, when we are greeted, we don't reply. And the reply is extremely important. But more than that, learn to start off the greeting because the narration clearly says, the best from amongst you is he or she who starts off with the greeting. Don't say, no, I'm a big person. 
And you know what they're supposed to? Okay, fair enough. That's just a Muslim. That's a normal Muslim, ordinary, mediocre. We want to be the best. Why? We have a challenge. What is the challenge? I want to change the ugly image that the people have portrayed about my faith. It's a beautiful faith. I belong to it. I'm a person who would reach out to those of different faiths and inclinations if they were dying. Wallahi, if I saw someone who had a totally wrong inclination according to me, and or a faith that was something totally different, even if he was a Satanist, may Allah protect us all, and he was drowning for me as a best Muslim to save a life is far more important. I will dive straight into the ocean in order to take that man out because I know that Allah says, وَمَنْ أَحْيَاهَا فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَا النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Allahu Akbar. Whoever gives or whoever saves a single life, Allah didn't say Muslim, non-Muslim, male, female, no matter, whoever they are, you save the life so much so that even if a dog was in danger or drowning or dying, those who have saved dogs, and dogs are considered animals, you and I know there are more rules and regulations pertaining to dogs. We know that. But to reach out to a dog is so rewarding that there is a narration that makes mention of a person who entered paradise solely because they quenched the thirst of a dog. Quenched the thirst of a dog. I remember one young man, we spoke about the cat. And we said there was a woman who had bad morals and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to forgive her and to grant her jannah because, to grant her paradise because she was kind to a cat. And the young man says, you know, I'm very hopeful of paradise. Say, mashallah, we're all hopeful. What makes you so hopeful? He says, you know, I don't really pray. I, I don't really do so many things, but I've got seven cats. I look after them. Wow, seven cats. Look at the misinterpretation. We're not saying only do that. And now, you know, overlook all the other duties that you have. We're saying that reach out. The point I want to raise is if it is so powerful, so rewarding to reach out to animals, what do you think the reward is to reach out to human beings? What do you think is the reward to reach out to human beings? And I want to let you know, many people out there are enemies of Islam because of ignorance. They don't know. Lack of interaction. We don't interact. That's the thing. Why? Hey, these people are bad. Well, if you don't interact, when you have the opportunity of interacting, some people don't know how to interact. Some people don't have the time. But if you have the opportunity and you still don't interact, do you know what? You may not have showcased the beautiful best Islam to the person who really hates it. And you had the opportunity. You had the chance. This is why we say, Go out, reach out to them. Do you know that if you had to reach out to these people and you had to portray the beautiful image of the best Islam, their enmity would decrease. That itself is a great propagation. It's a great da'wah. And I always believe that, you know, we call out towards Allah. But whether Allah wants the person to walk on the guidance or not is in the hands of Allah. Ma alayna illa al-balagh. Even the messengers have made it clear that our duty is only to convey. Guidance is in the hands of Allah. Innaka la man ahbabta yahdi it is not you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who guides whomsoever you love to guide. No, it's Allah who guides whomsoever He wishes, He loves to guide. So guidance is in Allah's hands, but the effort, Allah has kept it in our hands as well. Your duty, my duty. Why am I standing here today? To reach out to you, to be able to fulfill my duty, to be able to check myself with what I am saying. There is no point at all in me speaking to you and the minute I leave the stage, I'm a different person. That is absolutely unacceptable. So for me to be the best Muslim and I'm promoting being the best Muslim, I really need to try and practice what I preach. Ya amanu lima ma la One of the complaints, oh you who believe, why do you say that which you are not doing? You're saying one thing and you're doing something else. A lot of us are guilty, maybe all of us, myself included. We say we are Muslim, but our lives are being led not according to Islam. I can do better. I'm sure we all can. I can do better. 
I'm sure we all can. My brothers and sisters, reach out to people and make sure that you present the best of Islam by being the best possible Muslim. Let me explain to you. Number one, worshipping Allah alone. That's something, it's your duty. And like I said right at the beginning, yes, these acts of worship are absolutely important. We look forward to the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The best Muslim always asks himself, if I die right now, what's the condition with meeting with Allah? Will it be a good meeting or a bad one? Brothers and sisters, imagine if you follow the narration of the Prophet ﷺ speaking about prayers, and he says, Salli salata muwadda'in. Three words. They mean a mountain. They mean a mountain. This is a gift of the Messenger, peace be upon him. He had the power known as Jawami'ul Kalimi. A few short words and they had broad meaning. One of them is this. Fulfill the prayer as though it is the last prayer you're going to be able to fulfill. What's the catch? What's the idea? The idea is one day it will be your last. If you get used to it all the time, one day it will be your last. This is the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, we need to think of this. Whoever loves to meet with Allah. Do you know what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa says? Whoever is looking forward to the meeting with Allah. Allah is looking forward to the meeting with them. Subhanallah. All you, wouldn't you like Allah to look forward to the meeting with you? Well, guess what? There's only one thing you need to do. Start looking forward to the meeting with Allah. That's it. This is the beauty of Islam. Be the best possible. If I start looking forward to the meeting with Allah, let me give you a different example. If I'm given the opportunity to meet a VV, VIP of my dreams, right? What will I do? I'll plan my words, plan my whatever I want to say, probably dress appropriately, maybe put on a good scent, perhaps take a little bit of a gift, perhaps present myself in a way that they won't dislike me, and they know I've said good words, and we meet them and we'll say, wow, you know, we greet them in such a way that we express delight, and they know you haven't done any evil against them because you want to impress them. That's a small example of this petty earth. When you want to meet with Allah, what did you take? What do you take to Allah? Allah doesn't need, you know, Allah doesn't need anything from you actually. We need to present it to Allah for our own benefit. If I go and say, Oh Allah, there are deeds I have done that are a secret. You know them and I know them and no one else knows them. Wow, that's the best Muslim. The best Muslim is he or she who has secret hidden deeds that only he or she knows and Allah knows. I was kind to this thing here, to this animal here, or I was kind to a human being. I assisted fellow human beings who were struggling because my messenger Muhammad, peace be upon him, whom you sent to me, O Allah, as a blessing and a means of mercy, he taught us that whoever helps a human being, Allah will help them. And there is another narration which states, if you want the help of Allah, be engaged in the help of fellow worshippers. Allah continues to be in the assistance of his slave. For as long as that person is engaged in assisting a fellow brother, a brother, a human being as well. You know, there is a narration speaking of the best, khayrun nasi, the best of people. Khairun nasi, not even Muslim, khairun nasi, the best of people. You know what the hadith says? Khairun nasi anfa'uhum lin nasi. The best of people are those who are the most beneficial to the rest of the people. Why? What's the common factor? We share the same maker. I'm a creature, I must reach out to the rest of those who are created by the same creator. That's all. That's my link. Simple. You want to be the best. Allah says, hang on, there's a way. I've created others. They may be different from you. They may disagree with you. They may follow different things. You just need to reach out to them. That's all. So for us to be able to reach out to an enemy in a way that they no longer the enemy, they, they now realize, you know what? When people talk bad about Muslims, there are so many non-Muslims who say, hang on, hang on. I know personally thousands of Muslims. They are really good people. Who will stand and bear witness? Wallahi, those who are not Muslim will bear witness. I know Muslims, they are really good. They teach goodness. That is the mainstream Islam that you and I know. This is what the best Muslim is all about. My brothers and sisters, the best Muslim follows the example of the Prophet, peace be upon him. What are these examples? The example of beauty, the example of kindness, the example of compassion, the example of the duty unto Allah being fulfilled in the best possible way. You know, he was a balance, complete balance. 
The best Muslim is balanced. Balanced meaning there is no what we call in the Arabic language ifrat and tafrit. You know, the, the two extremes, they're not there. We're in the middle. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ Allah speaks about how He has made you a nation that is balanced in the middle. A nation that is neither on this side nor on that side. It's in the middle. No extremes. We're mainstream. Here we are. You need to fulfill the rights. You know there is a hadith, a beautiful hadith, explaining how important it is for us to fulfill the rights of everyone. It is a hadith of Abu Darda radiallahu anhu where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam fostered a relationship of brotherhood between him and Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu. And Salman al-Farisi noticed that the wife of Abu Darda radiallahu anhu was not really interested in, you know, adorning herself for her husband. Not at all. So he asked her a question, you know, what's going on? Is there something, you know, there's a problem here? And she says, you know, your brother, this Abu Darda, he doesn't really have any interest in anything worldly. Nothing, nothing. So he was a little bit uh, irked by that. He watched Abu Darda. At night he was praying. Praying. Imagine praying. Is prayer a bad thing? No. So Salman al-Farisi gets up and told him, hey, go to sleep. Hey, what do you mean? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. He went to sleep because obviously this man is more knowledgeable. Later on he gets up, he wants to pray again. Salman al-Farisi gets up and says, go to sleep. What do you mean go to sleep? Go to sleep. He went to sleep. Second, when, when the last portion of the night was remaining, he says, hey, get up. Now you can pray. So this, he was perplexed. He was wondering, what's going on here? So Salman al-Farisi says, look my brother, your wife has a right over you. Imagine, he's talking about salah, prayer. To stand in prayer... Listen carefully because I'm going to draw a very important conclusion to this. To stand in prayer. He's standing in prayer. He's not doing anything bad. It's something really brilliant. It's a plug-in with Allah. It's the most important way of plugging in with your maker. Okay? So he's standing in prayer and he's being told, No, your wife comes first. Allahu Akbar. This is voluntary prayer. It's not got to do with farah. Right? We're not talking here of that which is compulsory. No, you have a right that you need to fulfill with us. Wallahi. It's not salah. We ignore our wives, our family members, our children just because we're sitting at a coffee shop. We're not talking about salah here, prayer. We're talking about wasting time at a coffee shop. And your wife is busy texting you, hey. And your friends are saying, ah, chicken, chicken. Wallahi, I don't mind being called a chicken for as long as my wife knows how I crow. Subhanallah. I don't mind. I don't mind them calling me whatever name for as long as I have a happy home. Why? I'm the best Muslim. I fulfill the rights. The wife is a first class citizen. The rest of them are only residents. They come and go. Their permits expire as well. You know how it is to renew a permit. Yes. These are citizens. These are proper. That's your spouse. You don't just replace them. That's your family. Those are your children. Irreplaceable. Given by Allah. Those are your parents. But what you were doing, Salman al-Farisi is telling Abu Darda, your prayer, you are praying a little bit too much. Go and fulfill the rights of your wife. Show her some importance. Express to her, and I am telling you, express to her how beautiful she is. Subhanallah. A good Muslim is the one who is best to his family members. Khayrukum, khayrukum li ahlihi. There's the hadith. We heard it a thousand times, a million times. Wallahi, my brothers, many of us are struggling because we're just mediocre Muslims. We say, I'm a Muslim. What's your name? Ah, this is my name. You know? And that's it. And the way you treat your family members, it's like they're nothing, man. Nothing. Give them an ear. Listen to them. Look at them in the eye. Tell them you're shining, you know? When, I, when you're out and the moon is out, I can't see the moon because you're dazzling. Say things. Say things. Subhanallah. Say things. That's the best Muslim. There's the hadith. The best from amongst you is he or she who is best to the spouse. Some of us are so weak, so weak. You know, someone was asking me recently about Valentine's Day, okay? So what happened? I said, as a best Muslim, every day for me is a day of love. I'm in love. With who? With my spouse, with my family members. Every day I tell them so many times I love you. I message them. You know, on WhatsApp you have a heart. You make use of it. Please, to the right people. <laughs> that heart blows up and suddenly starts pumping. Have you seen it? <laughs> On WhatsApp, they're helping you. 
It's something romantic. Send it to the right people. And not only one day in the year, every day. That's your spouse. That's your family. Tell them how beautiful they are. Not like the woman who asks her husband, what are you going to give me for Valentine's? She, he says, what do you want for Valentine's? So, she says, I just want one ring. I just want one ring. So he says, on the landline or mobile? May Allah forgive us. May Allah forgive us. If this is the attitude we have, that you only want to express love on one day, you can't be a best Muslim. A best Muslim every day, you get up in the morning, you thank Allah for giving you a husband. There are so many people crying to get married. May Allah make it easy for you to get married. Men and women. May Allah grant you spouses who will be the coolness of your eyes and you have a spouse. But we're fighting over what? Petties. He didn't buy me the Chanel handbag that I wanted. Where? How can the best Muslim fight over small things? What's that? That's materialism. Is Allah going, are you going to really complain to Allah, my husband's a bad man, you know what? He didn't give me spending money and he's terrible. Are you going to say that? That's, that's, you may be a Muslim, but you're not the best. The best is someone who says, look, you know what? I understand your condition. And I know, well, let me quickly equate it. The best husband is he who knows where to spend and when to spend. Don't be miserly, niggardly. You know, Abu Sufyan, his wife came to complain عنه, to Rasulullah about him. You know, perhaps he might not have spent here or there. And the Prophet actually allowed her to take from the wealth when it was needed. To say, you can take, don't worry, because that's his duty. But we want to be the best. The best is he who knows. I will spoil my family. Yes, once in a while. You don't have to overspend. The best Muslim is he or she who adjusts his life or her life based on the income that Allah has blessed them with. So if I have an income of a thousand dirhams a week, for example, I tailor make my life according to that. I don't live beyond my means in a way that I have a car that's not mine, I have a phone that's not mine, I have a, 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 an apartment that's not mine, nothing is mine, I'm struggling every month to pay this and to pay that and to pay, just because I want to live up to the Joneses. Even the Joneses have come down. I think they call it the Dow Jones. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. My brothers and sisters, that's the best Muslim, the one who knows how to budget. The one who understands this is a gift of Allah. It's, it's a responsibility. You need to strike the balance. You need to know. So that hadith as I was speaking about Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, the point I've raised is loud and clear to say, if he was told you have a right, your body has a right over you, your spouse has a right over you, everything has a right over you, so give the due of everything and everyone to everything and everyone. Do we do that? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. The best believer is also, or the best Muslim is also he or she who thanks Allah upon all conditions. Oh Allah, you blessed me with this, alhamdulillah. Oh Allah, today I suffered a loss. Alhamdulillah, I thank you because others have suffered a bigger loss. Look at those who are lower than you to be able to appreciate the materialistic lives that you are living. Look at those less than you. You don't have shoes, look at those who don't have feet. Basically, that's what it is. Why? You're the best Muslim, you want to be positive. You want to be positive. Make life easy for others. Don't make life difficult. People come, subhanAllah, I normally have an issue where people say, you know, I want to get married, but the father's just saying no. What's the reason? No reason. Well, my dear father, make things easy, and Allah will make things easy for you on the day of judgment. SubhanAllah. Stop just saying no. Allah will ask you, and Allah will hold you responsible on the day of judgment for your rejection of that proposal without a reason. Yes, if you have a valid, solid, religious, Islamic reason to say no, Maybe. But we're talking about, ah, they don't have money. This guy doesn't own a house. Dad, you did not own a house. I recall you bought a house 20 years after you were married. A lot of us, we didn't have things. But we expect our sons-in-law to be wealthy tycoons before they get our daughters. May Allah forgive us. Help them. Make it easy for them. Facilitate for them. 
That's the best Muslim. Like I was saying, thank Allah upon all conditions. Alhamdulillah should be on your tongue every time. Alhamdulillah. You know, sometimes a non-Muslim speak to us and we forget that they don't know some of the Arabic terminology. So we tend to say, Mashallah. No, inshallah, I'm going to go. They learn it as time passes. But sometimes they don't know. I'll give you an example. There was a friend of Fatima. Her name was Linda. Some of you might know this example. So Fatima gives birth. So Linda sends her a message and says, Wow, Fatima, I heard you gave birth. Congratulations. So she says, Oh, yes, Linda, I gave birth. I, I did give birth two weeks back to a baby boy. Listen to this. I did give birth two weeks back to a baby boy, Alhamdulillah. Did you hear that? I did give birth to a baby boy two weeks ago, Alhamdulillah. So poor Linda, she says, Well, all the best to you and to your son, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Meaning the son's name, Alhamdulillah. I wish you and Alhamdulillah all the best. There we are. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. The use of the term Alhamdulillah is beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. It means all praise is due to Allah. All conditions. When you suffer a loss, there are those suffering a greater loss. When you are going through some form of a trauma, some form of a problem, Wallahi, there are people who are going through much more. Do you know, we are seated here, so blessed. What a beautiful place. What type of beautiful weather. What conditions. We thank Allah for this. And we pray for the rulers of this nation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep it so peaceful and so good that we can keep on meeting with this message of peace and goodness. We want to be the best indeed. The best Muslim makes time for his children. You got to make the time. Some of the brothers were asking me, so when are you going? I said, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Why so soon? I am missing my family. I want to go back to my kids. I need a big hug. Wallahi, it's a reality. It's a fact. I miss them. I spend a lot of time with them on my phone, on WhatsApp and so on. They get preference. Why? Those are my children. That's my family. I need to. They need to have someone they can say, Wallahi, that's the best dad. That's what it is. You want to be the best Muslim, you're going to be the best mom, the best dad, the best child, the best parent. That's what you will be. The difficulty with us, it's all about myself. I'm not worried. That's it. I need to go. Look, you know what? I'm not going to be here. Why? I'm going for a coffee. Once in a while, no problem. You're gone. Not every single day. You cannot come home 12 o'clock every day and you leave straight to work when you, or you go to work when your children are already gone to school and you never see them. What type of best Muslim is that? You're a best Muslim? No. You can do better. So can I. May Allah improve me and improve all of us. The best Muslim is he or she who is honest and upright when dealing in business, in your interactions with people. Be honest, be upright, be straightforward. The issue of honesty in business is a matter that we are struggling with, my brothers and sisters. People are dishonest. They spoil the name of Islam. A lot of the times when I ask people, just for interest's sake, I want to know who are the people who've actually robbed you, crooked you, taken your money, or you have financial matters with them unresolved. They will name names. Name names. Who are they? They will tell you all Muslims. How come? How come? Some people prefer to do business with non-Muslims because they say they will give you cash up front. They won't give you any hassle. They won't lie to you. They don't ask you for big, big discounts and so on. They, you know, it's what it is. They are being people who are practicing Islamic values. Whereas myself as a Muslim, I am causing an embarrassment to my faith. I'm a bigger embarrassment to the messenger, peace be upon him, than those people drawing cartoons, for example. Why? Because I claim to be a Muslim and I'm so bad. And those people claim to be the enemies. All they're doing is they're just fulfilling what they're saying they're, they're supposed to be doing. That's all. Who's the hypocrite? May Allah forgive us. So let's be upright in business. Promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be upright, be straightforward, be honest. That's how it should be. Learn to spend in a good cause. Many of us, we don't even spend on our family members, as I said moments ago. But on top of that, we don't spend in a good cause. The wealth that you've accumulated sometimes will not help you until you spend it. When you spend it, your name is written next to it. When you've kept it, it just, it's, on, it's in a holding sort of a, a pen until 
it goes to your heirs. When you die, what happens to your wealth? It's gone. To whom? To your heirs. So the best Muslim is one who knows, yes, I will leave for my heirs, but while I'm alive, let me do good deeds. Have you not heard of people whom, after a relative dies, they say, I want to do this good deed and that good deed on behalf of the relative. My brothers and sisters, it is more important, more befitting, more Islamic and the quality of a best Muslim to do those deeds while you are alive. So a best Muslim leaves behind a legacy, a legacy of goodness, traits of goodness. People can talk about you and say, wow, we miss that man. We miss that woman. We miss our mother. She was a wonderful person. We miss my dad. We miss this. We miss that. Why? You've left behind a legacy of goodness. You've done things in the community. You've reached out to people. They are benefiting from you well after your death. Don't leave behind a bad example. The best Muslim leaves behind the best examples. And the best for them to be remembered by, people must say, Rahmatullahi alayhi, Allah yarhamu. This person passed, Allah yarhamu. They mustn't say, La'natullahi alayhi, may Allah curse the person. They must say, may Allah have mercy on his soul. Because you were the best Muslim. You reached out, you did things. You drilled wells while you were alive. You did good deeds. Do a little bit, it's not that much. I remember speaking to a group of youngsters, and they told me, you know what? We were talking and asking questions. I normally usually like to ask questions so that I can learn. And I was asking about what they would pay to see a show with one of their top pops. You know what's a top pop? One of the people, the singers and so on. So what would they pay? They say, I'd pay a hundred bucks any day, any day, a hundred dollars, US dollars, perhaps 370 dirhams. Uh, so I asked if you were to pay for a religious talk, um... How much would you pay? Pay? You guys are not supposed to charge. How can we pay for a religious talk? Okay, 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 fine. You're not supposed to charge. Wow. I agree, but I'm just trying to think. We pay to go to hell. Astaghfirullah, I'm going to word it this way. We pay to go to hell. Heaven is coming free, but we're walking away from it. Is that a best Muslim? Did you hear my point? You pay. Hell comes at a price. You're actually paying to go in its direction. Nightclubs are not open free. This talk is free. MashaAllah. May Allah grant us paradise. May Allah unite us the same way He's brought us here together for His love. May He love us and may He take us to paradise. Say Amen. Amen. Wallahi. Do you know that we are ready sometimes to pay for wrong things, but we're not ready to pay for the right things? A 50 dirham note becomes so much when it's to be given to charity. But trust me, you walk into one of, the, one of the malls and you have to buy something to eat and you just want to sit there and you'll see your favorite stuff. It's nothing. You'll actually take out another 50. Put two there. Why? <laughs> You're with the wrong person to start with. May Allah forgive us. The best Muslim is he or she who is never vulgar. Never. Have you ever heard a vulgar word in the hadith? Have you ever heard a vulgar word in the Quran? That's what we claim to follow. That's what we claim to be a part of. It would be embarrassment to hear the F's and the B's and all the swear words be blurted out of a mouth of a person who says, I'm a follower of Muhammad, may peace be upon him. My name is even Muhammad. And here's your swear words. To whom? To your children, to your family, to your wife, to your husband, to your mother, to your father, to the others on the street. No patience. You are not courteous on the road. We have roads. The, the a best Muslim is he or she who's courteous. Courteous meaning let people drive, understand, give them a little bit of leeway. You don't have to just stop your car and say, right guys, everybody go, I'll move at five o'clock. You know, don't be a wise crack and a jack. We are saying, be courteous enough that it's understandable, it's reasonable. That's how you will succeed in this world. Success does not come by being selfish. Success really comes by reaching out to the maximum number of people while you can. Seize the opportunities. The best Muslim is he who sees opportunities, seizes opportunities before they are lost. What are these opportunities? The hadith speaks about them. Five main opportunities. What are they? Your time, your health, your wealth, your young age, and your life. These are the five opportunities. They're not going to last forever. While you have them, use them because you're the best. Protect your tongue. Protect your tongue. The words you utter 
with your tongue should be the best words. Why? You're the best Muslim. Only the best words come from your tongue. Only the best. So my brothers and sisters, it's about time. We promised Allah that we will not swear. We will not be vulgar. We will not be vulgar. We will not say words that the best Muslim does not utter, meaning is not supposed to be uttering. We will not say those words. I don't want. I refuse to lie because I'm the best. I need to make a difference. You will make a difference. You will move the world. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, if you take a look at Islam and how it spread across the globe, very little of it was through active propagation. The bulk of it was through interaction. With who? With best Muslims. Take a look at the Jawa, Indonesia and the whole of Far East Asia. How did Muslims get there? It is said in the history books that it was through character and conduct of the traders who came with trade. They were traders, but their dealings and their, the way they behaved, they were best Muslims. And people just said, wow, if this is what it is, I want to be from amongst you guys, man. I want to join you. Good company. The best Muslim has good company, stays away from bad company. Unless they're influencing them in a good way. May Allah forgive us. So let's be the best. Let's propagate Islam through our actions. Let's live by Islam. Automatically people will be attracted to us. We know we're supposed to be away from the casinos and the drinking and so many other prohibitions. That's because we are the best Muslims. What's the point of, you know, I recall one of the brothers was giving me an example back in South Africa and saying at the casino there are a lot of Muslims. And that's why there is actually a musalla at the casino. Imagine, wallahi, no joke. Ask those in Durban, the city of Durban. And ask those in other places where there are big casinos back in South Africa. They have a little prayer area. Or at least they cater halal food. So the man's got an alcohol bottle in his hand. And the man's just gambling. And he says, oh, your samosas halal here. Come on, is that the best Muslim? What impression are you giving about Islam? What is it? I can improve. I'm sure we all can. There is room for improvement for every one of us. My brothers and sisters, what's of utmost importance is also to call towards Allah in a beautiful way. Because Allah says, with your mouth, with your tongue, you should be saying two things minimum. Good words that beam across the globe in a beautiful way calling towards goodness. You need to do good deeds. There's no point in saying good words and not doing good deeds. And on top of that, you need to say, I'm a Muslim. The problem with us, we are divided into a thousand and one groups and it's growing as I breathe. Every time I breathe, there's another group that's cropped up. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us. It's about time we said, I'm a Muslim. I follow Allah. I follow His Messenger. I follow the goodness. I, I follow all correct things, upright things. And I'm a person who stays away from that which is evil and incorrect. I'm a Muslim. Listen to the verse. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا who is there better in speech than the one who calls towards Allah and does good deeds? Look, it's coming together, right? Your mouth is saying the right things. Your actions are correct. And he says, I'm from among the Muslims. I'm a Muslim. I'm a proud Muslim, subhanallah. You will see me praying in the corner, and at the same time, you'll see me reaching out to people. I remember I was traveling, and I was traveling, I arrived back home. If I'm not mistaken, yes, it was. There were two nuns on the flight. Nuns on the flight. Elderly women, and we landed. And I was dressed similar to what I had, besides this black bish that I have on. And I looked at them, greeted them. I saw them standing at the carousel. And I said, hang on, when your bag comes, just point at it. I'll get it for you. <laughs> Why? 
they surprised. This guy, firstly, he speaks proper English. <laughs> Secondly, he's got a big beard. Thirdly, it doesn't fit. He's offering help with a smile. And guess what? You have to know that I'm genuine, by the way. It's that smile. <laughs> it is. You break, you can say, when the, when the bags come, let me know and I'll pick the bag up for you. They'll say, hey, 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 they'll call the cops for you, trust me. This person wants to steal my bags. There's a way of talking. Sorry, ma'am, you know what? I'll give you a hand. Wallahi, I got the trolleys for them. I put their bags for them. I even offered to push it for them if I could, but they said, no, it's okay. They gave me their, their, their card. They actually had a card for the monastery they belonged to. And they said, you know what? We never in the wildest of our dreams, and I told them nuns are not supposed to have wild dreams. But anyway, <laughs> we're never in the wildest of our dreams. Now, I like, to, I like to crack a joke or two. To be honest with you, that's what keeps us living. That's what keeps us, that's the human touch to it, you know. And they need to know that as well. We also have humor. It doesn't mean that you're the best Muslim so you don't crack a joke. You only need to know what to say, when to say, and how to say it. That's what it is. So to be honest with you, uh, they said we never in the wildest of our dreams imagined that a Muslim guy would actually come and assist us in this way. And I said, well, you know what? Now you have. And they were very impressed. And I didn't tell them who I was. Wallahi, I've done it on another occasion where, without a joke, traveling from one city to another in Zimbabwe, and the road is actually quite narrow. So I, I saw a group of women who were stuck and they had a puncture. And I was dressed in pure white. and My family was with me. And I saw these women on the road and they're trying to, you know, they took out the triangle and I just... Noticed that they had a blowout or the tire was actually punctured and it was a four by four big vehicle and I said these women are not going to be able to do it. Let's stop. And I stopped the vehicle, put my hazards on, told my family, hang on, I'm coming. I went out, wallahi, it took me about 10 minutes because I told them, please can you guys step aside, don't worry. And they're watching this guy in white, you know, for them, Jesus has come back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Wallahi, we're living, we're living that, man, mashallah. So, I helped them and really, you know, we're trained to do these things. We're men and so on. And mashallah, I didn't really dirty my hands or anything much. My clothes were still as they were. Everything happened and subhanallah, they went. I didn't tell them who I was, what happened, nothing. You know what? About a week later, one of the women was at a store that I was in shopping. By the way, I really would like to, and I do, help my family do the grocery shopping. Once in a while, I'll go. What's wrong? I want to be a best Muslim. Go to do the grocery shopping. Now, I don't want the women saying, did you hear that? Here's the list. Here's the list. No, relax. It's supposed to happen in a beautiful way, you know. So, I saw her. She saw me. I wouldn't have known her, but she recognized me because obviously there's a unique type of address. You know what, sir? I saw you on TV. I said, oh, did you? You know, we have television programs. Okay, well, it was you. You helped us the other day. Yeah, 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 it was me. Wow, you know, wow, you know. I was so impressed. What, what? You're, so you're a big father, you know. Yeah, 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 I'm a father. You know, I'm father meaning they, they saying something else, but I'm meaning something else. And they, truly, yes. And they said, you know, we, the Muslims, we never knew. That's the interaction I'm talking. I'm giving you my own examples. These are small, minute things. But they need to happen every day. You walk, you interact, you mix with people. Don't be a dry person who presents a harsh image of Islam. They are waiting. The rest of the Muslims are waiting. Do you know that? The other Muslims are waiting for us to at least behave like one family. Come on. We look at each other and it's like, hey, this person is totally out. So what? Have a habit of smiling, greeting. And have a habit of reaching out in a beautiful way. Not just to the beautiful ladies, no. We're talking about genuine reaching out. I was in Singapore not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and I read an article of a woman who won an award. What was the award about? One of the, the Singaporean who is a person of this year, reaching out to others, you know? You know what she did? There was a couple on a wheelchair, and as they were coming out of this supermarket or chain store or something, the old man messed himself. He literally messed himself. He probably didn't have control over what was happening, and it let out a stench, a smell. 
And everyone's walking by and walking past. And one woman, one woman, and she's a Muslim woman. I'd like to think from the name. She decided, you know what? These are old people. She didn't say, oh, they're not Muslims. These are my fellow human beings. And she cleaned up, wiped up, mopped up, cleared, bought another pair of you know, shorts or trousers for the man and made sure that he was dressed back and put him back onto the wheelchair and pushed it out again and took him. They were in tears. And she kept on visiting them and she says, I lost my parents some time back, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I read. And these people are like my newly found parents. And wallahi, these are not Muslims. The people she helped were not Muslim. She won an award of so many thousand uh, dollars and so much happened and big recognition. Yes, she deserves it. Do you know why? She was just being a best Muslim in her own way. How many of us would actually do that? That's a question. I can ask myself that to start with. My brothers and sisters, there is a lot that we could say. I've said quite a bit. And I hope and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. I really ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our doors. Once again, I'm so happy and delighted that so many of you have come. So many of you are listening to us on the live stream as well. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving me the opportunity to address you. I hope that what I've said has come from the heart, straight to the heart. I've included myself in everything I've said. May Allah improve me, help me, guide me, make me one of the best Muslims inshallah and make you all one of the best Muslims as well. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us inshallah in Jannah in the same way that he has gathered us in this beautiful Zaid bin Muhammad family gathering. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك